0: gentlemen welcome back to what promises to be another fiery episode of football a la turca it was an historical weekend in the turkish super league of course Uh, we all know why probably but it's also an historic episode for us as we are celebrating our one year anniversary and as we announced two weeks ago we ran a little contest we're going to give away uh, shirt of your choosing, of the winner's choosing. Uh, later tonight, we will announce that. Later tonight, in this episode, so stay tuned for that. We have uh, already done the draw with a random generator. We will also be posting uh, that uh, thing video uh, later on on uh, on Twitter. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's start t- talking about some football. My name is Kam Baysit, of course, and joining me this week at our virtual Panel table is Uzer Dinger, our infrequent TRT world correspondent, the man of the law, Burak Sizgin, not Burak Yilmaz, Gustepe's own wonder kid, Umut Nadere, and the king of the north's personal royal fluffer, Jakub Marufolo. Guys, welcome to the show, and uh, like I said, a historical. Uh, week weekend in, in Turkish football not just because Football all turca are celebrating their one, one year anniversary but um, yeah the, the streak has been broken just like The Undertaker at Wrestlemania. Uh, what Wrestlemania was it Burak? Uh, refresh my memory when he got pinned by Brock Lesnar.
1: It's number 30 and I was there.
0: Yeah so Just like that. Just like uh, Brock Lesnar pinned The Undertaker's shoulders to the map. And I I know lots of you won't get that reference probably. But uh, the same thing happened last night. Galcerai for the first time since 1999 managed to get a win away at Fenerbahce at the Sucrasarachal Stadium. A scintillating evening. No doubt for our Galcerai correspondents here. Uzer Dinger and Umut Naderi. Um... Yeah, Isar, uh, what what does it feel like? Did you did you knew it was gonna happen sooner or later? And, and for Umut, uh, it's the first time in his life I think that he witnesses a win at Kadiko. Is this your first two? I think you muted yourself, Isar. Um, uh, so- oh no,
2: sorry. i just I was just staring at the clock there because I realized it's it's been more than twenty four hours since Kallasasrai last won at Kadiko, so I'm just getting a little bit restless now. It's Getting a bit restless. <laughs> It is, uh, it is okay, the day was always going to come, you're right, but 20 years, it's just really extraordinary,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I know we're going to talk about football later on, but if we just take that away from football for a second, just imagine the context of a, of a lifetime, 20 years, imagine what's happened in your own life since then, if you just take a moment to pause, I mean, people who've come and gone, the people that you've met, your experiences, your holidays, your trials, your tribulations, and tragedies, Mm-hmm. It's just 20 years, guys, 20 years. It's kind of been the only constant in footballing terms. This side of Emre Belazol is still playing professional football. It's, it's really amazing. Even if you look at the context of Turkey, for example, in 1999, Bulent Ezevit was still prime minister. That's how long ago we're talking about. 20 years. It's just really, really incredible that it's, come, it's taken this long for the, uh, for the curse to be lifted. But the curse is gone yeah. Kadiko is just another stadium for us now. And actually, if you think about it, the last 5, five ten years has actually become a, as much of an iconic home for us as, as the Tour Telecom Arena has. We've had so many good times there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, of stop course me, stop me if i'm getting too cocky by
2: the yeah, way yeah <laughs> i think you
0: are a little bit <laughs> but it's a is a uh I, I saw this pointed out to me yesterday i think arman or our or good friend arman pointed this out on twitter that uh, and and shot of course Shad sarki our, our good friend also a loyal listener to the show who designed our logo by the way shout out to shad um he uh pointed out that Fenerbahce haven't actually beaten Galatasaray since 2014 at Tsukushawa Tribble either. And then Arman uh, came back and told him, well, it's, that's, that's true, but Galatasaray haven't beaten Fenerbahce at Turk Telecom Arena at, uh, since 2014 either. So, um, is, it, is that really true? Like, six, or, or well, five, six years that the, all their matches have ended on draws outside the, the Super Cup and, and, and such? Is that really the case? Yeah, I
2: think the last five fixtures all resulted in a draw. And they're all pretty rubbish games as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in terms of footballing, in in terms of the level of the football that was being played yesterday, I don't think that that was a particularly high standard, but it was a very... uh, high-tension game and it, it hadn't been like that this reminded me a little bit of that match uh, you remember the one where volkan got sent off and lincoln i think got sent off and it was a really fiery match I, we haven't really seen uh, the derby uh, be that i don't know fierce in, in in a long time i just got put off by a little skype notification there i don't know what that was but um yeah it it was a very heated match It didn't feel like a lot of football was being played, especially in the first half. Galtrai were the better team. I felt, Um, Fenerbahce took the lead through a penalty. Uh, Lots of controversy around that penalty. People saying it shouldn't have been. Uh, I personally think it was a penalty because yes, he gets the ball, but he. Just take the man out completely, and we see later in in the 78 minutes something similar where Chalson gets the ball, but also just sweeps on Yukuru's legs uh, out from under him. So I think both were correct calls. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, Brooke You haven't been able to say much as man of the law. What did you think of those two penalties?
1: Uh, I I think the the foul on Veda anywhere else on the pitch is a foul. Um, because of the follow through which clearly takes his leg out even though he, he gets the ball I think because of the follow through that gets given as a foul mm-hmm. and the the Gileson tackle is, is not as, as clear cut because uh, for me it's one of the, the cases where the player has played for the penalty and been clever in leaving his foot in And but if you slide in a box you're always taking a risk so uh, for me, I would say probably both are correct calls. Um, to be fair, um, although I would say the the, the Galatasaray penalty can it's more more debatable.
0: Do you think it was an act of desperation on Jelson's part? Because Onyekuru was basically uh, yeah just driving him crazy throughout the match. Um, he had a couple of good one-on-one opportunities, I think, where he he, he could have a- actually ended up being the loser of the match, so to speak, um, if 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 Fenerbahce would have scored at the other end and 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 won it. But he ends up, of course, winning that penalty and then scoring the three-one. But for a while there, he was kind of looking more like Diaby than he was like uh, last season's Henry on Yukuru because he was missing quite a few good opportunities. Uh, and we'll get to that uh, reference later, but I, I just I was watching it and I saw Jalson go in and I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? And I just immediately thought it was a penalty. And then in the replay, um, yeah, he gets the ball, but it, it wasn't a good tackle, though. It wasn't like he just like p- 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 punts it, you know, clear or anything. Like he felt like a really rash hasn't, challenge. Hasn't hasn't has given away
2: quite a few penalties for Fernandes yet?
1: he's he's done he's he's just he's he's been a rubbish he's, he's uh, center back oh, he's been a real he's,
2: liability for you guys he's like playing as for the other team someone oh, he's, might he's say not like, a center back like <laughs> yeah he's, he's got
0: some goals on his conto for sure i don't know about penalties but uh, we were talking about this the other last week i think that that goal alanya scored where Cissé lingered in the box that was also gelson just you know wasting time on the ball and then just waste literally I think five six seconds that he has on the ball before he decides to kick it and giving uh, I think it was Jehun time to close him down and block his actual clearance and then it fell to Sisse for the goal and and he's got a couple of those moments I think uh, what was it two two weeks ago was it against Anker? no he caused the penalty um, two weeks ago or so I think what game was that um, was it wasn't Angregju, I think the, the week before that, Burak? What game was that? Uh Alanya maybe? Yeah, Alanya. Yeah, Alanya, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second penalty for Alanyaspor. Just talking to myself right now. Uh yeah, the second penalty for Alanyaspor was also Jelson, I think, and he he's not a central back as Burak rightfully so put points out. Uh, not necessarily his fault. He's kind of like a fish out of water there. But it is kind of on, on the coach and, of course, the ramifications after the match news came out that Erdogan has resigned. Has that been made official yet, Burak? Uh,
1: no, nothing. No official statement from the club. Just a bunch of arseboard cunts doing what they usually do.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think so. It was because the news came out yesterday evening uh, after the match saying that he that Erdogan had resigned. Uh, but, of course, until it has m- been made official, we don't know. Do you think he should resign, though, Burak, given... Uh, yesterday's performance and uh, performance maybe as a whole And, and again starting with very weird with a very weird lineup with with defensive midfielders as as his wingers and yeah you've you've talked about this a lot already you know just that you don't understand Tolga continuously starting at left midfield or right midfield or whatever and he did it again
1: it's it's a really tough one um because at this stage of the season, I don't know who we we, we would get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think s- some of us have been talking about the potential of Emir Abdallah as player coach, but I don't know how far along he is with his with badges. You've got you know the potential of Iqbal Kojeman, of which we shudder, but he's recently said he wants to get out of the whole football bubble. So I don't know if that would be something he'd be willing to do. I don't think you've got to pry anyone away from any of their other clubs mid-season. So then you look you look to, well, who else is there to come in at this stage that you would have to pay some kind of salary to? Mm-hmm. So I would, at this stage, it's a, it's a really tough one. Um, I'm tempted to give him the next match, which is Antalya um and that's going to be another tough match knowing how they play um i know they've got a new manager since we played them last but um but we can't go on with this um dead man dead man football i mean it was an absolutely horrific performance on on sunday and just void of of life and i think that's a, a build up of many things over the the last like 3 or 4 weeks but um, I would be tempted to to stick with uh, sort of at least the Antalya game if he doesn't quit quit himself by then. Um, if he does decide to to resign, I think the board should accept it. Um, because there's no point in keeping a man who clearly wants to to leave the club, and someone would have to come in in the in the interim. And um, I don't know who that would be from the coaching staff. Um,
0: yeah. And were you surprised by the football that Fenerbahce played yesterday? Because I mean, we, we spoke about this before against Trabzonspor, they lost, yeah, but they played a good game there. Um, I, I I praised them for their, uh, yeah, their attitude, just to, their will to win against Bishkek a couple of months ago, uh, against Bashiaksha here, we saw that too. And yesterday, I just didn't see that same spirit that I saw in those matches against Trabzon, against Bishkek. Just you know. I I felt like they weren't interested in playing football, especially once they took that lead. It felt like it was more about stopping the other team from playing, making a lot of annoying falls to get the rhythm out of the game. And in the first half, I still felt like Galtzray were, were better. But in the second half, definitely uh, the, that that evened out. And, and Galtzray, I think, sc- kind of scored... I wouldn't say against the run of play because it was more looking like a, like a draw type of match that was going to end in a draw, but it was came kind of unexpected at that point as opposed to in the first half where I think Kalturai were a little bit more interested in uh, in a win uh, or at least, uh, yeah, I guess at the time, an equalizer. But what did you feel about the way Fenerbahce played yesterday?
1: I, did, I, th- I failed to see what the, the game plan was. I mean, you've got a uh, vet up for the last few games who's had to come deep to get the ball mm-hmm. so no one's kind of providing him any kind of service and he crosses um, it almost seems like he lacks the the confidence in his midfielders and the wingers in particular because you know he's talking about the geology, who's trying to pass, pass the ball to him it's, it's just not working out and I just think the team is. is they just looked emotionally drained on the pitch. And I think that's down to, that's the coaching um, staff's fault for not being able to prepare them mentally for the game. So it's a derby. And of course, you know, the players are up for it. But I think the strain, um, the the psychological toll has taken its, its toll on the players. And for some reason they needed some help, um, whether it be professional or something else, I think just to try and help them through this phase. But I didn't. There, there was no triangles being played. There was no kind of runs being made. Um, I mean, you, you've got we really missed Gustavo anchoring the midfield, and we, we brought in tall and Ozan um, as those two players. Uh, I think if you're looking at the, the the player ratings, you probably say I don't know who you would say was probably our best our best player on the pitch is probably Cruiser. I'd say because he looked like he was try- trying to get involved, but there was nothing. Happening in front of him um, You know there was no Runs being made by By Gerard, Which was you know a bit of a shock Because he had a Quite a good partnership with Isla Earlier on This season and last season They seemed to be doing quite well But That completely flopped I think you You know At least we had a left sided Left footed player at left back We had Hassan Ali back But you know What could he do um, Coming into this team it was just um, a really poor performance um, at Kadoké, and I think the referee had a really bad game with not letting the football flow. Um, I think he definitely had favourable whistles for for Galatasaray with the fouls, but I also agree that we we didn't really have a game plan as such. So there was. A little bit of bite to the game, but I think it could have been left to flow more and then flow better um, by by the referee, so that was disappointing, but it was just you know it was just a nasty game of football to watch. And when I say nasty, I mean it was just bad. Um, it wasn't a good advert for the league, it, it wasn't a good advert for the Derby. Um, I, I don't
0: know about that. I saw a lot of praise for it uh, by by foreign uh, journalists and such, just because of the entertainment factor, not because of the football, yeah. but I think uh, a lot of people did like it is, because it was so spirited. <clears throat> it wasn't I, a good think, footballing
1: think... performance by both teams, but mm. entertainment-wise, yeah. it was a firecracker, but, you know, it's like car crash TV. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, agree, I agree with that point, Barak. I just think that, the, unfortunately, the Turkish league is at that kind of middle or lower middle ground of quality, and, and you can't we can't really pretend at this stage that it's not that, but we have to play on our strengths. And what is our strength? Entertainment. And you can't get better value entertainment than the football we saw this weekend, both in the Istanbul derby and Besiktas Trabzon. And this is what people want, especially when kind of all the natural spice and fun of football is being sucked out through technology. We want to see some raw action. We want to see some cards flying, some drama, you know. And I think people who would have read the uh, match reports from from yesterday's derby would be like, "Oh, wow, that's actually pretty fun. Finally, someone who's actually having having a good time with football." Well, unless you're a fair fan, obviously. But you know, let's play on our strengths. Let's push the let's push the ent- entertainment value of the Turkish league.
0: Yeah, and let's get to Umut stars because it was definitely his first win in Kadikoy. Uh, his cognitive uh, co- win, at least the one that he experienced. I don't know. I didn't get your answer on that early Was it actually your first win that you remember at Kadikoy, or do you remember the
2: nineteen ninety nine one? Um, I think mm, that's a good point.
0: You see, I I read about
2: some some of the match reports from the ninety nine game, and I can't say I remember it distinctly. But um, I'd say it's it's well it's obviously the most significant one that i remember yeah that's for sure that's for sure
0: what about you Umut? how how was the feeling yesterday it was definitely for you you're how old are you now 25 so yeah you were li- literally still you were my son, son's age when you last one <laughs> at...
3: yeah when you uh, give it that way it will feel a little bit weird but uh thanks to that i went to the uh, pub he invited me in uh, there was a crew of turks that like uh, I watched the game with them, and we constantly chanted. And get warned by the bartenders uh, because we m- we were making too much noise out there. And it was the loudest when Falcao scored the penalty. Like his weight on the penalty uh, taking position, like it was like a decade when it comes to the uh, feeling, you know, because all the Turks in the pub were waiting him to score and. He scored it, and we were, like, all celebrating uh, and didn't care about the world or other shit, but just celebrating our lives. And uh, when it comes to the uh, last call, uh, we were watching the uh, game via stream uh, from the internet at the time. So uh, our uh, stream was, uh, like, one minute behind from the original ones. So the last goal was actually... Uh, 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 interesting goal. Uh, the leader of the group, the Ultra Sun group right there, uh, uh, took out his phone and uh, seen that we were uh, ahead uh, 3-1 and said like, them, Olam- geliyor! And he started recording the screen knowing it was a goal. Onyakur was just running <laughs> there. Uh, that's cheating. That's cheating. That's great. Tailed by, uh, by Jelison there. And I don't know, but uh, he missed all of them, and finally he decides to run the uh, keeper Altai there instead of shooting uh, to his face. Uh, And last but not least, we won a great game. Uh, Also, like uh, I couldn't see the uh, scoreline anywhere anywhere in the screen because it was like zoomed out, uh, zoomed in. I I think. Uh, because of the copyright infringement. What, what kind
0: thing. of weird-ass
3: bars are you going to? <laughs> yeah, like, a uh, uh, kind of bar Zara uh, invited me in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we didn't even see the uh, time or the score board at the screen. So I don't know what happened, but it was fascinating to watch. Uh, and it was really, really, like... Uh, weird as well, like, uh, to, like, witness some kind of a history. Yeah.
0: Football a Turca, by the way, does not endorse illegal streaming of the Turkish <laughs> Super League. <laughs>
3: uh, like, yeah, I, me being ending up suspended yeah. for, like, uh, I don't know why.
0: Because uh, you, you you copyright infringed, man. Uh, yeah, it
3: was just entertainment. Like, yeah. I didn't steal any info or, like, uh, earn some money from that shit.
0: And what did you think of uh, the two penalties that uh, were awarded in this match?
3: Well, uh, in the first one, uh, uh, which uh, Marco did, it was the uh, thing that uh, he took the ball first, then his right foot contact with uh, Murich and he just lost his balance afterwards. And it was the uh, first thing I saw. But... Uh, Uh, There was a strange bringing down just behind Vedat as well. Uh, Fenerbahce player was brought down just behind Vedat and I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was a penalty but uh, at first glance I thought the penalty was the other position where the uh, player was brought down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as you can see Marco had the intent to take the ball and he indeed gets it. And for Galatasaray's penalty, which is similar to Fenerbahce one, uh, what I think the difference is, as Gelson slides into Henry Onyakuru, if you watch closely, you can see the ball bounces right in front of Onyakuru once again, as if if he can maintain his balance, uh, he will take the position again uh, and if, if he wasn't brought down and so it tells me that not only Jailson failed to get the ball that he also brought down Onyekuru who could have pursued his position afterwards getting away from Jailson so I think that's the difference uh, Says uh, this is more of a penalty than the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also about the game, I think Fatem handled the game really well with his great strategy and mindset. He used Belhanda and Omar Baram as the dynamos in the midfield and uh, behind them there was Seri who was the playmaker in the Lemina's role uh, in the past few weeks. We have seen him. Mm-hmm. And it was a 4-3-3 instead of what we was what he was using for the last a few weeks uh, which was a 4-2-3-1 with an attacking mm-hmm. midfielder. Who was uh, uh, Emre Akbaba at the time? Getting inside the box too much often, like a secondary striker. But it was a surprising choice that he didn't pick nor uh, uh, Emre Akbaba nor uh, Adam Buch for the game. Uh, it was a strange choice, and I first uh, uh, firstly was surprised about choice. Uh, every decision he makes. Uh, but I can tell every decision he makes, he has a reason behind that. I really respect his wisdom and knowledge right now because uh, he was talking about the passing game and he desires to do it constantly but fails to do so behind uh, uh, Galatasaray. And before December, he was also pointing out the January transfer window every uh, chance he gets. Uh, Everybody had their doubts because Galatasaray was so slow building up the attacks with Enzonzi, with Babel, with Nagatomo and Falcao in front of them was ineffective because of the slow team. And too many slow players end up in the field. Uh, but Fatim persistently pointed out the general window telling we'll sort everything out, be patient, believe in us, we'll fix everything. And then there was this crew of fans forcing him to quit says uh, he will just quit because he is just over his age and he's done, etc. But Fàbregas has uh, have been putting on some big faith on this team, even though he has made some mistakes building up, like transferring Enzonzi and Babel, thinking they will add something to the team, but in the end, uh, they made Fàbregas fail. Do you think Even, it was
0: those were his transfers or I, Yeah I, I, yeah. I, if, yeah
3: if uh, a team has Fatim, he I think he'll make the transfers on his own because like uh, relying on the scouting team uh, uh, as well but Potter has the last uh, say on mm-hmm. these transfers and his football mentality and ideology uh, is like proven uh, after that while he has one of the Players on the field constantly failing, uh, like Enzonzi or Ryan Bubble, constantly failing to perform uh, in a great way. But he uh, did it with Belhanda, who was really criticized on the field. But he used him as a energy source on the field, like a dynamo, and make something out of him.
0: And what did you think of the decision to start Adam and, and Emra on the bench?
3: Yeah. Uh, at first, it was uh, I said like uh, it was totally unfair to his uh, their uh, performances uh, before the game because they deserved to be on that field. But then, after thinking about it, Fatih uh, experienced and witnessed too much uh, in this field, so he would know the best, and so he didn't just put the players uh, who were just to, like, it was the first time being there uh, and wasn't too uh, ready for the game. Instead, he, he put the players with the most experience on the field because Falcao has all of these games, you know. He experienced a lot uh, and got through too many of these games, these kind of games, uh, and uh, he also used, uh, like, his players on the field. So I think he he, he knew what he was doing.
0: Him. And last question, does uh, Gileson deserve a, a statue now for Galtzray? <laughs>
3: for Galtzray? Right? No, I don't <laughs> think so, yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, it was his fate uh, like, uh, because of Arsenal, his fate was to be a centre-back, even though he came as a central defensive midfielder for the team, but I don't know why he Arsenal uses him at there, but uh because of Henry Onyekuru, and when he uh, was put in uh, into the striker position in the second half he struggled to handle Onyekuru, and it was a really really hard time for him
0: do you think his um his tackle on Onyakuru was was panic uh well yeah
3: it, you could have put it that way because he he was too uh like uh it was too hard to uh, handle on your crew when he's he's at the top pace uh, sometimes he stopped him at the, the game but uh, you panic a, a lot when he's away you know uh, a fast player is away you panic and you try to get the ball uh, at an instant and with that and uh, and the stress he gets because the game was tied and all and at that instant you can uh, have a uh, misjudge of the position and you can make a like false move and you can get punished.
0: And what did you think of Falcao's performance? Uh, Azer said that he got some criticism on social media but he actually uh, think that he played his role as, as lightning rod to Onyekuru quite well. What, what did you think of uh, Falcao's function in this match?
3: Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think similar as uh, Azar here, because uh, Falcao did real well. Uh, he tried to uh, uh, tire the uh, opposition defense. He tried to uh, like uh, handle the uh, tough battle between him and Sardar every time he he gets. He also uh, it was him, I think, uh, took a real hard elbow on his face at the first half and. Sada was, yeah. wasn't given any... Uh, he was only given a yellow car, I think, but...
0: Uh, yeah, he, he got a yellow for that, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it was hard for him, uh, but he did it pretty well and opened up space for Onyekuru to get past behind the uh, defenders. And we can see that every time Onyekuru gets, he did it perfectly, because uh, also... Uh, When you look at Vedat and how he struggled to perform under the defence of Galastraic, you can see Vedat uh, crossing to uh, his uh, midfielders instead of he has to be the one uh, inside of the penalty area. But uh, I think uh, compared to that, Falcar did really well in this uh, stressful derby.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, great win for for God's Right, a very painful defeat for Fenerbahce, undoubtedly. They were hoping, no doubt, to get back into the tick of ten things, especially after uh, the other match this weekend with the leaders, Trabzonspor ended in a draw uh, in the last minute there. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, any more thoughts on this match, guys? What did you think of the penalties? We've heard Barak's thoughts. What did you think of the bo- two penalties, guys? <coughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I think they were spot on. Both reckless tackles in the penalty box, and 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 yeah, they're they spot on decisions. I think there were some interesting kind of takeaways from from the pitch as well. I mean, Borat talked about the the midfield of Ozan and Torghi. Mm-hmm. They were just completely overrun by by Seri, who definitely had his best performance in the last so sort show. Sure. He got he he was under a lot of stress and criticism the in last month or so, I think, and he, he really rose to the occasion and just schooled those two guys he had them in his pocket he's setting up crossfield passes left right and center i think he saw a statistic saying he had 99 percent pass accuracy which is just really really amazing um terry who also got a lot of criticism at the end of last year and i hold my hands up i was one of the main guys um slagging him off and, and calling for his head and everything and a few people on Twitter called me out for that, and you know I hold my hands up. I never delete tweets, and I look back at some of the stuff I was saying back in October, November time. Um, but credit to Terim, he's turned things around in January, and seven wins out of seven is just you know quite an astonishing run of form. Particularly when you tie in the historical context to this game as well. Yeah. Um, Farka, I mean Farka scored a historic goal to make it two one and everything, and got a bit of criticism too, despite the fact that. Um, he scored because people were saying he wasn't really involved in the game and he was kind of, you know,
0: yeah, bit, a, really, a, yeah. a
2: bit absent. However, I think it kind of takes away the credit from from Tarim and, and putting him up close with uh, with Onyukuru because Falcao was rightly so tired down by Fener's defense, particularly Sardar Aziz who was all over him like like a bad smell throughout this game. Um, but it gave Onyukuru a lot of uh, freedom and space to run and to sprint. And it's something that we it was really refreshing to watch, except for the moment when Onyukuru came face-to-face with the goalkeeper and the goal about five, six, seven times in the game. It was just yeah. really, It was. I was pulling out, pulling out every hair on Kudos my body. Kudos to when, Altai, he has strength?
0: been doing that throughout oh, the season. 100%. Those one-on-one saves are really one of oh, absolutely. his core strengths. Honestly, uh, the guy, the guy yeah.
2: is magnificent when it comes to like those kind of agile reflex saves. And he single-handedly has, has kept Fenerbahce in a lot of games this season. And he's single-handedly stopped it. Or double-handed, I yes, to say, stopped it from from becoming a really hugely embarrassing scoreline for Fener. And if career wasn't such an atrocious finisher, it would have been it would have been much
1: much. But is deal he an, an
0: atrocious much. finisher? I, I always I always find it ah, puzzling well, when people so uh, look, call per, call a player a bad finisher because they can't put a ball past well, a good goalkeeper. Well,
2: okay, fair, fair, fair point. But if you look at the first chance he had, for instance, when he was running at. Um, Running at the keeper, and he was one on one, and he hit it wide. So it wasn't even a save from Altar. He could have even passed. Yeah, it. but that's the so But that's that was the just, goalkeeper making,
0: you know, the closing down the angle well, limiting maybe, the options, ha- <coughs> making him have to. Yeah, bend and stuff I, like that. I think, it's all down to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper making is not just making a save; it's also look, look,
2: you know? yeah. No, I, I see your point. Let, let's uh, let's definitely give him credit where, where it's due. But I, I think Onyekuru definitely needs to work on his finishing. We saw it a lot last season as well. He's he's very raw when it comes to the one on one, and I think he learnt his lesson actually during the game because every time he chopped. Shot at the goalkeeper, either he'd miss it wide or Altai would save it. So in the 97th minute, he pulls up and he's like, Okay, I've got to try something new this time. So finally he does a little dance and then goes around the keeper, which which um was, was the only way he was gonna he was gonna beat him that day. Um and I think um yeah Galatasaray players just seemed very focused and and, and calm. Whereas I agree with Borak that the fair guy seemed a little bit jittery on edge from the start of the game. And and even when they were 1-0 up, I felt Kind of quietly confident that Arsenal, oh, Sorry I wouldn't lose this game, but I didn't want to get ahead of myself to think to think we would win. Particularly the fact that it wasn't a great game of football, um, like we've already discussed. What um, well, did you think did, when
0: did, when, did when the two go- one I mean, went in? Did you think that that Fener were going to come back? I thought you? they
2: would. Yeah, I thought they would. I thought it's not. This I don't want to get my hopes up because we've seen it happen before. But t- and then the ref put ten minutes of stoppage time on, which I thought was. A scandalous. Where did the ten minutes come from? I was thinking five, maybe six. Had a push. Wasn't thought, okay, that because of uh, the VAR so for the scary. penalty
0: and the red cards and all that stuff?
2: Uh yeah. Well, I don't think it amounts to ten minutes. Though I think ten minutes is 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 a, is a lot is a real uh, indulgence from the referee. I think. um The I, I also want to highlight the fact that Adem and Agbaba were dropped at the start of the yeah. game in favor of Fakhar. You spoke and, about um, that
0: last week. That they we spoke should about it last start. Week. Huh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and there was a rumour going on until it's a midweek that that was going to be the case, which I didn't believe. I, I thought, there's no way that's going to happen. But, you know, sure enough, uh, Tareem Terim went with that decision. And it would have been really costly had we not, had we not uh, come away with the result in this game. I think it was a huge slap yeah. in the face for him, Bob actually. And now, oh, right. you know, thank God... But well, probably one of the highlights for me was Bellhandle's red card because it means we're not going to have to see this guy uh, <laughs> next week.
0: So did he, um, he get red carded before the sub or after the well, sub? I didn't quite get that, actually. It was
2: just as he was coming off the pitch. So I think technically because he hadn't left the field of play, he was still on the pitch and therefore didn't count as a substitute. Okay. Um, he's just, I mean, the guy's just, what, what, what can I say? Um, I do, just before we focus the the, 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 the uh, segment on the derby, though, I just want to highlight some of the, I want to get Borough's opinion on um, some of the off the pitch antics that may have cost Fenner a butcher before the game even started. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of ranting and raving from Fenner in recent times, and I think that might have put the players under unnecessary pressure and the coach as well. The banner, for example, the banner that you guys put out was a bit distasteful to say the least. I don't know if you guys saw that.
0: What banner was um, that? I, I didn't catch that. Saying
2: we don't like you and we don't like those who like you. Which is just spreading animosity and creating unnecessary divisions before the game. This is just a football game, at the end of the day. There's no need to turn it into some, uh, you know, them versus and us. Some sort the of. The irony sort of,
3: is that players are also handling a banner against racism.
2: Absolutely, yeah. That's that's the that's the irony there. You can see that as they're bringing out the banner against against racist incident in Germany. I just think it's ridiculous, and I just think there's this kind of um, this complex, this entanglement now, which which you guys really have to try and get rid of from from the top. But it's just. There's no meaningful attempt to try and cleanse Fener of this toxicity. Even if you look at the, uh, when, the, when the guys stood up for the national anthem, the, the children mascots for Fener were all holding up with their hands six, as in remember six nil, six nil, blah, blah, blah. Guys, get over it. Get over it. This, 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 this indoctrination, this, this, this thing just has to, has to go. Otherwise, your, your club isn't going to be able to move forward and it's going to continue staying downtrodden like it has been in the last few years. Got to, that's
0: something got to we've get seen with, with, with or 2 after 2011, that they really got stuck in a rut. And I remember in 2004, um, Besiktas had the same thing. It lasted a couple of years. Sometimes certain traumas take a long time to get over. And I think the only way to truly get over something like that is just um, yeah, win the title, win something, be successful. And, and it's difficult to, get, to shake um, a bad feeling when you're in... You know, a bad, bad place. Yeah,
2: I just, I just think that Fener is, is this, I and mean, I say this about Galatasaray a lot too. But Fernandes is his own worst enemy. I think you guys need to do more to cleanse out this, this, this complex and this toxicity that's sitting within the club. I mean, the ten, eight-year-old kids shouldn't be putting six nil uh, at, at the start of when the national anthem is playing, as if, as if that's your greatest achievement in life. Come on, Fernandes is much bigger and better than that.
1: Well, I, I agree with the banner. I I don't like Galatasaray fans. Don't like the <laughs> charmia I think you're all fucking scumbags, and I agree with that. And when so, you're systematically, a lost
2: course, guys. He's a lost cause. No, you, you guys he's can all go course. fuck
1: yourselves. A- absolutely. Um, when you're systematically persecuted. Uh, Breck, guys, and oh, he's good.
0: gone.
2: We've lost him. We've lost him. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? he? He exploded was, with rage. He was this, just starting.
0: Is this comical timing or what's going on here? <laughs> the, his, I think his, internet, his internet cut out. I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think is, this is the universe telling telling him that <laughs> the point is valid. So I don't need to grow <laughs> up <laughs> Oh, brilliant.
0: but to to that point though, I mean, you you do criticize better for the for the bantering beforehand, but I've never seen uh, such a brutal. Uh, rebuttal from Fenner, from Galtzreit after uh, the match uh, on social media. So you have to, have to uh, look at yourself too in that regard. Oh, that's just banter though. That's,
2: that's just a harmless <laughs> banter. Right? Isn't no, the it's 6 0 banter. banter too then? Yeah, but there's got to be more. I mean, we're bantering about stuff that's recent and relevant. That's going on about 6 0. And, you know, since since the last time we won this, I mean, all, all Fenner had to boast. Of against us was this record in Carduccio, a 20 year record, which is sure it's embarrassing, but it's not a big deal. I mean, since then, it's been 20 years since then, we won two European trophies, nine league titles, six cups, six super cups. Oh, we don't care. We, we, we moved on, and it's time for them for to move on as well.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah that's is Barack back? No, uh, I, I don't think so. Um... Shall we wait? Uh, we, we will just uh, give him uh, his rebuttal uh, when uh, when he's back. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, his internet got cut off. Um...
2: Also, uh, the Senna fans during the game, they're throwing bottles and stuff at the uh, celebrating Galatasaray fans when it became 2-1, which they're going to get punished for that. But I think they're also throwing seats and stuff and parts of the stadium onto the pitch. So you know, that I should expect a big fine from the TFF.
1: Am I, am I back guys? Ah, there he is. Oh,
0: he's yeah. back. He's back. Go, uh,
1: Word of warning to listeners the in face? the UK, do not go with BT internet. Um, and if you do <laughs> just make sure you get one of those little 4g hubs so that if it cuts out, um, you can be brought back on. um, where was I was going off on a quite uh, interesting rant there, wasn't I? You were I? just
0: about to. Yeah, you were going off on a toxic uh, rant. C- cunt and Wanker. Oh, yeah, all this. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
2: don't, don't you have anyone I, I, in your family who supports Galatasaray?
0: He's you
2: anymore. Someone someone who you'd pick your nest to save your life for. There's got to be someone.
1: Um, I think there are a few family members. And... <laughs> I don't
0: see anymore. <laughs> You are not uh, going to
1: be in your will. <laughs> um, not in my will, but you know, it's 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 a sad state of affairs that. Um,
0: oh, that I remember your 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 last word. I think was systematic. You know, the systematical.
1: Uh, oh, oh, systematic yeah. butchering um, yeah. by by the authorities, um, and I think we should always stand up and speak about that. Um, I think we should def all of the fans or so-called fans, if they're even fan accounts, that are calling for. Alikoc to quit, I just think are completely brain-dead yeah. and they're not seeing the, the longer picture and in footballing terms, he has been unsuccessful. You can't deny that, but he's been successful with regards to trying to sturdy the ship um, uh, a little bit. Um, I think we need chairman like Alikos, um, who want to try and bring about change, but ultimately when they get backed into a corner um by certain people in the media and media agencies like our sport on Ahabad um, who are trying to systematically take him down because they see him as a as a threat um not just in football but in political terms and it's the, the society is bled into this political and football type thing which is it's just nasty and taking the enjoyment out of football. Um but we will, we will rise um, soon. I think we just needs a little bit of time and it, it might be time to say, OK, let's play the likes of Wurad Salam, let's play the likes of Farid Akadol, or let's play the likes of Al-Lakya, you know, let's try playing two strikers. Um, I think Arsene Janal just needs to make, change up his tactics. I don't know why he's so stubborn, but there is only so far you can go. And I just think that the the, the Turkish league is just in, in a very bad way, and so is Turkish football, because it just breeds um, hatred. There's no trust in, in the system, and it, it's, it's inherently corrupt, and it's just not a, a, a fun situation for for fans. Um, if you look the at microcosm
2: uh, the microcosm of Turkey itself, sadly, yeah, that um, is definitely, um, uh, true.
1: yeah, yeah. So that has like bled, especially in the last like 10 or 15 years. It's just gone from, you know, being a little bit annoyed to 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 full on, you know. I'm not going to come to your party because you've got red and yellow flowers outside the door <laughs> type of thing, which um, I would love to 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 get away from. Which off-
2: you become a walking, talking example of, by the sounds of it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, at, 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 at the moment. And, you know, I, I know that's something I need to work on myself personally to not get so wound up and, and emotional. It, com- it comes with being a Turk. Um, that's definitely true. It, we can all it's, attest it's, to that it's, it's in our DNA, but <laughs> it, it's something we need to work towards more as more as a, a people. But that's got to come from the top. And I think unless there's a the, the big change at the top, um, we started to see it with you know changes going on in you know Ankara, Izmir, and Istanbul. If you know why, then you mm-hmm. know
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think it's there's a, a, a turbulent time ahead. Um, it's gonna make for a fun into the 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 season though um I have my thoughts on what's gonna happen um so
0: but the fate ended of the Federation has is is long gone from from anyone I think I was we were speaking to Attila on Twitter the other day one of our listeners and a Fenerbache fan and and he said I I think you know it might be a little bit self-inflicted but we are coming you know like like you've said in the past Brooke, we, we are as Fenerbahce kind of um kind of Building a castle around walls around our, ourselves because of how the the club have been since 2011. And now, whether you're a Trabzonspor fan or you're a Fenerbahce fan, the truth is different for both of those. You know, both sides see the, what happened then differently, and both sides have uh, been negatively impacted by. It. I think both have been hung up on that Trabzonspor on. Sport on you know their title they feel they won and should get and Fenerbahce on the fact that they feel that they got wrongfully accused and have been prosecuted and it cost them a lot of money Champions League wise and uh, stability a, g- a good generation of footballers because I think that Lugano left after that and some good players left after that. Anyway uh, so both of those clubs are left with a trauma from that period and I, I We've all had it, I think. You know, Besiktas have had it too. I'm sure i have had those periods too, where the fate in the federation is gone. The fate in the, like you said, the inherent fate and in, in, in the, the fairness in the country, the political, how it works politically, and all that. Don't you think that perhaps, and that this is probably never going to happen, but all the clubs banding together and forming their own federation, so to speak, like they did in England with with uh, with the Premier League, because I think. That the integrity of the league is questioned so much because of n- nobody trusts the the people making the decisions. the referee commission, the the the, the, the Federation itself. I mean, look, every decision that gets made is, is just yeah, it, just the recent example of the the VAR conversations and the Federation, Refusing to make those public, and I and I just think that that whether there's, they have something to hide or not, I think that's the worst thing you can do because the 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 fate in that federation is already at an all-time low, and you're then you're gonna refuse. To do that, and it just makes it—it just makes it seem like you have something to hide, and makes it only worse. And I feel like they constantly make decisions like that, that put themselves in such a bad light, where everyone just, whether it's correct or not, just has no more faith left in the Federation, and just feels like every set of fan, i sets sets of fans. Well, I'm I'm stuttering, but <laughs> I think every set of fans has this feeling that. It's us against the world, and I don't think you have that in 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 many other countries. Not as severely as you do in Turkey, at least. Rent over.
1: I think the the real victim is is Turkish football. Um, you you can see that in the performances in Europe by the teams. I mean, we've had maybe you know Besiktas have done well when they had their Champions League one and got out the group top, but since then there has been you know no achievement in. Turkish football the national team completely flopped, to you know 2016 so you know how much longer is this is this going to go on because ultimately it's impacting the 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 domestic league and the club's abilities to perform well well in Europe you know this is the last year when the winners of the league are gonna get the automatic Champions League place Mm. and then after that it's back down to having to play qualifiers and how long is it going to be before we can get that automatic qualification spot back if teams keep going to Europe and keep under underperforming and coming back without having achieved much with regards to getting out of the groups, getting coefficient points and and just being competitive against these European teams.
0: Turkish football has a lot of problems of course the economy plays a big role we, we don't have the euro which is a big part of of part of the the issue I think for the competitiveness at the European stage um, do you guys think what do you think of the the, the, the all- round state of Turkish football is there I,
2: well I think you guys have covered a lot of the points and I think we may be getting quite off topic here because there's <laughs> a lot of interesting football to discuss for yes. the rest of the weekend as well but generally i think that for a plethora of reasons turkish football is pretty fucked but once in a while we roll the dice and we have a fluky run and some memorable times come out of it and i just hope that there's a there's a good uh, couple of months run for the for the rest of the league i hope that we have a good summer in the euros a lot of our squad playing in europe now so at least we can kind of take some tangible hope from that and i just hope that you know we just continue producing good talent sending it abroad and relying on that
0: yeah but that's going to stop if uh the the powers that be insist on re-implementing yeah, a foreigner yeah. rule you know Finally, we're yeah. pl- plucking some of the results of that, but anyway, we had a yeah. discussion in the past. Let's move on, then. I think we uh, spoke plenty of this match and <laughs> of the state of Turkish football. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit quickly about Siva Sport. They got back to their winning ways. They beat Alanya Spor. Uh, an interesting factoid here is these, are, these two teams were at the top of the table for, if I'm not mistaken, 19 of the first 22 weeks in the league. Um, I believe... Sivas were on top for 11 and Alanyaspor for 8 match days. Um, and these two teams squared off this weekend, and Sivaspor ended up winning through a Hakan, Merk-Hakan Hakanyandash penalty in the first half. Uh, plenty of opportunities for Alanyaspor to score at the end, but Sivaspor hold on, get their first win since they beat Besiktas on match day 18. And uh, with that win, they're back in the tick of things and they're back. Fully in uh, the the title race with 45 points now, the same amount of points as Galtzry, and the same amount of points as uh, Trabzonspor because they got a point away at Vodafone Park at the very last um, minute almost. Um, Yeah, after five minutes... Who else? than Alexander Surlot had put traps on sport ahead, but Besiktas came back through Kevin Prince Boateng and Doma Goy Vida in the second half to, ma- to put themselves 2-1 up. They had plenty of chances to make a 3-1, but as Uzer always says, Uzar, what's the saying?
2: Atama atarlar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that happened because in the tournament of stoppage time, again, Alexander Slot with his 19th goal of the season already. Just 23 match days in. He made it 2-2, and that was the full-time scoreline. Jakub, what was your experience of this match? Were you disappointed with how Trabzonspor performed?
4: Well... You know, it, it, it was kinda to be expected. I didn't. I wasn't more disappointed at Trabzonspor than I was more surprised with with Besiktas. To be honest, um, it was it was obvious before the game started that we were going to miss uh, Mikel on the midfield, and um, you know the loss of uh, Wakayama with, uh, with 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 coming back from one of his millionth injuries um you know but but i was just disappointed in how how bad our midfield was you know i'm I'm a big fan of sosa uh, everybody knows that but he was pretty much non-existent in the game um you know the whole midfield was bad we didn't really create any chances you know it was it was pretty much a one uh, one person show we are lucky that uh that Charlotte's just such an unbelievable guy that you know uh, the runs he makes, the, the 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 shot in the first goal is just unbelievable. It's just you you can't get it more mm-hmm. perfect. Um, I watched this game with uh, with two friends of mine. One of them uh, also Trubzon, and one of them Beshkashla. And the um, the the friend did say that you know we don't have anything to play for, so we might you know we, you're going to see that we're going to play really good. And um, <laughs> and, and, and and you know he was um, his his his. Uh, um, what what he said was true. Um, I I really thought, and I I, I said it. I did, I said it to him. I said it to you guys. That uh, Besiktas deserved the win. We are lucky that we got uh, that we were able to snag a point because um, you know they Beshtas was so dangerous. And um, I don't know, the, the, you know, with the home crowd and uh, the resurgence of, uh, of of the fans. With, with yeah, the first the time
0: that the stadium was sold out this entire season. Ambitions have already played against uh Galtrai at home, so that's, uh, that's something, you know. I definitely think that Sergan uh, Serganyalchin uh, has something to do with that.
4: No, I don't think it's Serigan. I mean, if you if you have the chance to see Falcao play or Sherlock, the cho- the, the the choice is easily made. You know, <laughs> why 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 is your washed-up old Colombian guy playing? Sure, Falcao
0: Falcao was injured against. That. Well, yeah, I was I was
4: wondering where that was going. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, uh, you, know, you know, in, in fairness, Trabzonspor is you know one of the one of the better teams at the moment, so that's also a thing. But you know, as I said. Um, with Sergen back, I think a lot of fans are are, are you know kind of seeing a, a light at the end of the tunnel for this season. Maybe not on top, but you know still at least you you guys might play attractive football right now. Yeah,
0: the football has changed. That's for sure. If you compare how Besiktas are playing now to how they were playing under Abdullah Afci, um it's still not uh, perfect. Of course, we saw it last week against Besiktas, Besiktas b- basically had the ball uh, for 90 minutes and couldn't really do anything with it except for some shots from, from distance. But I think that's a, a little bit of lack of quality. Um, but, you know, we saw it here. I think this was his best match all season, I would say. Uh, they were really good. I, I think 21 shots at goal, um, countless goal-scoring opportunities. Urjan had a fantastic game. I was surprised yep. that, uh, that we managed to beat him once, let alone twice. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, Ford it was,
2: was just phenomenal. I think it was one mm-hmm. of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen. Yeah. The guy was like, like an octopus had eight arms Why well, it looks of it, He's just really, really. Same phenomenal. against
0: Fenerbahce, you know, he had a fantastic yeah. performance on yeah. those. He's doing really well in those big games and that's going to get him noticed. You know, um, I mean, every,
4: every, every time there's like a big occasion that he's, you know, he has to, he has to show up. He, he does, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. It, it's so great to finally, you know, have such a keeper. I'm not going to throw uh, Onur Kovrak under the bus, but he had, like, uh, Onur, Onur was known for, for, for some of his mistakes. You know, he, he, he would have a great game against our uh, our direct rivals, against, like, the Istanbul teams. And then we go and concede five from Malatya and six from Antalya for But, you know, at the moment you, you have Urjan just competing and um, we're lucky that we have Erje and uh, and arda um you know in the back just in case something happens not no, no,
0: is a really good goalkeeper too so uh, yeah even. so we're, we're really blessed with goalkeepers what about Urjan's
1: uh, punch though he made a mistake for the second pishish goal
4: I honestly the, the 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 game um it was pretty much the same as when Umut was lo- was watching the goldry game the place I normally went, go to it it's like uh, like a big place, so you 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 hope that they fucking pay for, uh, Digitur, uh, for Bane Sports. But the game froze in like the 65th minute, and you know I I, I, <laughs> I, I, I watched from my phone. Uh, my a friend the a friend of mine watched from the phone. His his one was like a minute ahead. Mine was like a minute back. And in that in that commotion, we we conceded. Uh, the moment the moment the replay started, it once again froze up. <clears throat> So like, so like the last 20, 25 minutes, I just couldn't even see, you know, so I, I must, uh, I have to rewatch, um, I have to rewatch the highlights. I didn't, I, I, I didn't have the
0: time to rewatch them. Did you even manage to watch the Equalizer live? Uh, the 2-2? Yeah, did you watch that live?
4: Yeah, the, the, <laughs> this okay. happened, like, it's, it's really like the universe, like, toying with me. Um, we, we saw it was a goal, um, I, I looked on my phone. It froze. Then the 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 view in the uh, in the lounge uh, came back, and it froze the moment he he was go uh, Ekuban was passing the ball. <laughs> but um, I did I did watch the the replay for the second goal, and it's it's unbelievable the the runs the runs Furlot makes. You know the the way he he tries to stay behind the offside trap. You know, coming from coming from a guy that had Boracimaz on his team. You know, a player that is more offside than than several. I, teams I don't think they league. ever
0: played together.
4: No, no, no. I know, I know. Ah. But just just yeah, in the past, you know. I remember, I remember Burak oh, you being offside to in the Champions League, like more than some some teams or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's it's, it's, the, it's great. The,
2: there was an article in the Evening Standard newspaper today linking Solos with a move to Real Madrid. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. He's he scored as many goals as Crystal Palace have all season.
4: Yeah, I I was on the Crystal Palace show like a week ago, and those guys were fuming uh, because I just kept saying only good things about him. And I just as soon as you went off,
0: though, they did they did uh, compare the Turkish league with uh, the third tier of uh, English football. So ah, nonsense, nonsense. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, you could tell that they probably never watched the turkish league game in their lives so i thought it was a little rich but okay you know i
4: mean it's generally known that uh, you know the, the british are when it comes to football they just have a they are just like totally. on a high horse and it's 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 either the british premier league or it's nothing i can get why but you know after a while it just gets the, the
1: english premier league we don't want to start a war with them um, oh. scotland I'm sorry, I'm
4: sorry again Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm re-watching the, the the second goal uh the vida one and i remember being angry because he should have like either pushed it over the goal or um you know clamped down on it so it's it's weird to see such a,
0: like such an easy mistake can't, him. can't stay faultless if you're literally in a shooting range because that's yeah, really yeah, what i I'm felt gonna... like in this match he was being bombarded by uh by attempts and uh, yeah but did you did you guys think that uh, maybe selling made a tactical error or was it just a typical um, yeah if you don't score that that that, that killer you're going to uh, end up conceding cuz I, I think he did put on Najib to try and fortify <laughs> things a little <laughs> bit at the back um, yeah but I some mean, people yeah if
4: if if i was if i was sergeant the moment the game ended i would like call Call Burak up, and just slap the shit out of him, and say like, "Dude, you you scored a free kick like forty years ago. Stop trying it."
0: Um, <laughs> who who you know. else was supposed to take it though? To yeah, be that's fair. that's the that's second the problem, thing. Eh?
4: I, I, I would rather have like you know just just fuck it, just just let Vida kick it. You know he's such a good defender. He might even score one. Yeah. But Burak
0: it's... scored a great free kick last season against Diva Sport. three-two in the 90th minute or so.
4: Yeah, and he scored so one. It's, it's for like it's like, Ronal- like, it's years like
0: Ronaldo, ago. you know, like he he scores one every fifty free kicks. I think look,
4: he scored look, two
0: last season, actually.
4: La- last week you compared someone to to David Beckham, and I'm still angry about that. And now you go ahead and, compared, and, and now you and now you go ahead and compare <laughs> Ronaldo to to Beckham. You know, at one point I have to you know put my foot put my foot down and just say like, come on, man. <laughs>
0: hey hey man he's a Turkish Ronaldo everyone knows that but uh, unfortunately the Turkish Ronaldo is not aging like a fine wine like the actual Ronaldo is because I Burak has been so dreadful um, he had a good game two weeks ago, I think, uh, against Gaziantep. He was actually decent, but then against Bishakchi here, he was really poor. Uh, I think it against Trabzon again. You know, uh, did you say uh, the first touch of a brick wall, Jakub? Is that a statement you made? Yeah,
4: he's. he's yeah. You know, he, he was never a guy that had it from had his first, uh, had his way with, yeah. with with the first touch. But, but when he, he was
0: informed, things m- seemed to work out anyway, and you know. But that just hasn't been the case.
4: I mean, he, he, he had the he had the speed to to chase after his horrible first touch, but now he doesn't even have that. He has like the turning circle of a of, of like a van. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, unfortunately for Michigan, they do have Kevin Prince Boateng, who I thought had a very good game. Who um, wasn't that impressive against Bashakshir, but difficult game, of course, away. But he played very well uh, against uh, Trabzonsport. What did you think of him? Should Bistec hold on to him for next season?
4: I mean, I don't know how uh, what, what his wage and you know his his his, his, uh, his price will be, but
0: he, he would be free. It's uh, just an extension of the loan for another year, and his wage is one point seven million if he stays.
4: I mean, it's a lot of money, but you know, when you see the the, the resurgence of, of the midfield, it's 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 great to have him. Um, unfortunately for us, he had a great game. It, it still just baffles me how he has, you know, uh, uh, before before he came to Besiktas, you know, that the, that weird transfer he had to Barcelona.
0: Yeah, that's um
4: that. I always thought of him, you know, I, I have fond memories of when he was playing with uh, with AC Milan, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I thought he was like a little bit over the hill. But uh, you know, he he shows up, he does his thing. I think he'll be a he'll be a good uh, good good choice for Besiktas next year if he stays. Yeah, I
2: agree. I, I'm a massive KBB fanboy. I think you guys should hold on to him. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. All
0: right. Well, uh, it was a great game with Trabzonspor with that, with that clinch equalizer. I mean, that reminds me, you you know, you have those reference points in a season where a team wins a title, where they clinch that win in the whatever minute or a point. Usually it's a point where they avoid the loss in like at a time in a very crucial match. And I, with Galt's rise win away at Fenerbahce, I don't want to say Trabzon are favorites necessarily, although they do have a match in hand, but that this could prove to be an extremely important goal for Trabzon Sport at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. 11 more match days to go. I'm not going to jinx uh, anyone. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But that was definitely, I think, a would-be championship luck-type thing. I mean, I like
4: how you say that you're not going to jinx it. And then it. I you, do it anyway.
0: Yeah, ab- before <laughs> and after you jinx it. I said would be. I said <laughs> would be. You've annoyed
2: up twice in the last five minutes now. He's going to be raging.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway let's talk a little bit more about other uh, matches. Rizaspor hosted Bashakshir tonight, in fact, and Bashakshir managed to win it in added time as well with a very clinical goal by Martin Schkirtel, who had just come on as a sub actually in the 87th minute. And he headed it home in the 92nd minute. A little bit of a blunder there from Gokhan Akan. Um, who, yeah, has been making a couple of mistakes this season. And I don't think that bodes well for him if he wants to make uh, a move higher up in the summer. Of course, as I alluded to a couple of times in the past couple of weeks, Beşiktaş will be looking for a new goalkeeper in the summer. But uh, Gokhan Akan has a couple of those mistakes on his name right now that are similar to what, what Karius does. So I think that's... Uh, Not good for him. Uh, Very important win for Beshakjir here though. And uh, Rizaspor with that I think they remain on 24 points. So they are slowly but surely starting to feel the hot breath of some of those relegation candidates in the back of their net. Beshakjir with this win of course uh, back in the tick of things at the top of the table. But uh, also importantly for them, they played their Europa League match midweek against Sporting. Managed to get an away goal from a penalty from the penalty spot in the last couple of minutes. There, losing three-one against Sporting Clube de Portugal. Um, their return will be next week. That's going to be difficult for sure. Well, this week. Uh, next week that will be difficult for sure uh what do you guys expect from Borussia in Europe are they going to pull off a stunt uh, are they going to pull off another uh munchen gladbach uh hi- yeah hikai i
2: i doubt it however if i if i was in istanbul and if it wasn't for this possibly trash i would definitely go to that game definitely go to that game because you never know and i i like I, I definitely, and I wonder if anyone else would agree with this, but I definitely felt a little bit more sympathy towards Basak here since Okan Buluk took over. And, um, you know, I, I always support nah. Turkish clubs in Europe anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd go along to that, just, just just, for the hell of it. No, yeah, for though. sure, in Europe, yeah, yeah, definitely. In Europe, yeah, in Europe.
0: Yeah. And just checking it's quickly on, on Riza, they are indeed on 24 points, so they are a little bit in the danger zone. Just like the who also lost tonight 2-0 away at Kasimpasha, Pasha, one of the teams I, of course, had called dead in the water last week. Uh, and as that usually goes, I seem to be a massive jinx, so sorry for your loss this coming weekend, Jakub. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 2-0 no, against Kasim Pasha. That's a difficult pill to swallow, I think, for Denizli Spor, who had just sacked uh, their coach Mehmet Özdilek last week. Replaced him, I believe, with Bülent Uygun, which is a puzzling decision. 2-0 um, away loss against Kasem Pasha. That's not good for Denizlispor. They're on 24 points now. And that means they're just four points above the relegation zone, just three points ahead of Konya Spor who also didn't get a favorable result as they played to a 2-2 draw against Kayseri Spore in Kayseri, despite going 2-0 up in the first half, but then they conceded uh, right at the end of the first half through a goal by... uh was it uh Artem Kravitz and then of course the equalizer from Pedro Pedro Enrique in the second half 2-2 full-time there in Kayseri another difficult pill to swallow for Konyaspor, who also have um yeah changed managers two weeks ago and two matches into Bülent Kogmas' stint at Konya they now have one point out of a potential six and only one point above that relegation zone Um, What do you guys think of how that relegation battle is shaping up right now? Because against Ankara Guju was another important match in that relegation battle. I think Ankara Guju... Uh, could have co- they could have come out of this relegation zone it was a competitive match against Genshterberli, but ultimately Genshterberli pulled on the longest end of the cord and managed to win through a fantastic giovanni cio header that puts Genshterberli now firmly out of uh, striking distance from the, uh, the relegation zone with 27 points and Karega judo in recent weeks have shown good form Antalya Spor, another team in that relegation zone, get another crucial win with ten men away at Malatyaspor. One, two, Podolski uh, in at a time to clinch the winner there. So a very interesting scenario playing out now in that relegation zone, where we have a bunch of teams on twenty-four points. We have one on twenty-one, one on twenty, and then K- Kasim Pasha now on nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. Guys. Uh, Uzra, I'm going to throw to you first. What do you think yeah. of, of this relegation <clears throat> zone? Who do you think <clears throat> is in big trouble?
2: Hey, Well, it's, it's almost as entertaining as the battle up top because I think every couple of weeks the the um, that third team is going to be changing. And uh, yeah, I really wanted Ankara Gujitsu to to come out of there, but not necessarily at the expense of there. So they still have 11 games. And mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like you guys know, I'm a big fan of MRA, so I think he'll do enough to get the job done to get them out of relegation zone. Um, as for Antalya, who were in the relegation zone a couple of weeks ago, they seem to be like uh, enjoying a little bit of a mini renaissance now that Podolski is in there and Silangumush is in there.
0: Yes, Silangumush got sent off here. He,
2: yeah, he got he got two yellows in the first thirty minutes, but he was yeah. playing well from what I could see in the highlights. The first it. one was um,
0: really dumb, though. He he went down in the yeah. box, wanted a penalty, and kept. How, how uh, haunting the the ref mm. for you know so I, I just don't understand why you do that. The, the ref has made the decision already. All you're doing yeah. there is just getting a yellow card. Uh
2: absolutely, absolutely. And Podolski's P- P- winner in the 87th minute—that was a really class goal. It reminded me of Mario Götze's strike in the World Cup final, if you remember that kind of sliding shot in the last minute of the game. But the highlight for me, in quality-wise, was Umut-Polot,
3: who mm. rolled
2: back the years with an utterly sublime goal. One of those ones that if if Ronaldo did it, it would be shared across all the memes, across all the internet, from TikTok to Twitter. But when it's on up, no one cares. But that guy needs the credit for that goal. It was just sensational. Everybody should watch that goal. Check it out on Bane Sports.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his left foot, I think, right? Mm-hmm. The volley? The left foot of the it, was
2: just, it like just such a sublime touch with his, with his foot. It was just a really, really great volley. Did, it, did anyone else see that?
0: I saw it, yeah. Yeah, but nice. uh, I I didn't uh, appreciate you, it, as as did it as much as you <laughs> did. Well, I watched I, it like I watched times. it, <laughs> but oh. it was like I, I didn't like stand still at, you know, I wasn't in awe because I wasn't like oh, really, okay. Mate, I have a soft I ball didn't pay, pay lot, plenty of. Uh, he, he reminds me enough, of good times, uh, but I I tend to do that. Like last week, bought things back heel two weeks ago. I, I was like, oh, okay, he scored good. I didn't really realize <laughs> it was actually a really good goal <laughs> until well after the match. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, what, what do you guys think of, of Malatya Spore? They've been kind of on a free fall. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. They, you know, they seemed in a in a safe zone, but they haven't won a single match uh, in two thousand twenty. I think, and yeah, it's going really bad for them. Um, twenty four points as well. They're in a real precarious posi- position. Same can be said about Konya Konyaspor with twenty one points, of course. Same can be said now about Denizli Spore. ...who have been a bit in the free fall. Um, and, and maybe even uh, the same can be said about... ...Caiku Rizespor who lose again. But I think they'll be okay though. Um, they do have uh, Milan Scuola now of course up top. and He hasn't scored in the last couple of games. But uh, I don't know. Malatya Spor, Riz- uh, Denizli Spor and Konya Spor, Those seem the three that are potential candidates... ...to go down instead... Of an Ankara Gajou or maybe even a Pasha or Kaisery Sport.
1: Well, you say that. And uh, then is the Sport play multi sport this weekend?
0: Hmm. Yeah, fantastic, so the, uh, fixture there. <laughs> very important.
1: Both on twenty-four points. If I could just point out, um, I also I thought Ankara Gajou were very unlucky in the derby mm-hmm. as they did have a lot of attacks on goal, but unfortunately they forgot to handball the the ball. On the way to to school, so they obviously did not win <laughs> this week. And why was that stadium empty? I don't know. It was maybe a ban
0: or something. Well, it that, was it was a home game for Grenchenberli, so and got, the
1: same stadium. Was it not Ariaman Stadium?
0: Yeah, yeah. But of course, the away section is only going to get x amount of car, tickets. So if yeah, there, actively uh...
2: there was there was a bit of controversy around that decision. Sorry to cut you off there, because I think Ankergujic had applied for an additional allowance. But it was rejected, so yeah. I think I mean, obviously, from the home team, you don't want the additional. Yeah, you don't you
0: don't want to there, give away your home your home yeah. advantage. Yeah, that's uh, that's logical. It's an it was an important match against league too because mm. they were also on just 24 points, and with these three points now, they are now well out of the relegation zone for the time being. Of course, still a long ways to go, um, but I don't mm. think they they aren't looking like a team that's going to be in trouble. But you never know in this crazy league. Uh because don't jinx think, them yeah, changed exactly. them. Yeah, exactly they're now gonna go on a losing streak um but said the same about uh, for example kaiser and they've gotten a couple of points now in the last couple of weeks i think they won last week now they get a point here against Sport. It's better than losing against Konya sport of course they should have hoped for a win but if you go 2-0 down then like still getting a point is a definitely a morale boost for them um yeah what else jumps out to you guys in that relegation zone right now apart from uh, what we've already mentioned
1: Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I think anyone from it's really tough because it just changes from week to week. Someone plays well. Um, it's just yeah. so consistent. But like you said, it's like Malacca haven't won in the last six games, and they've they've lost their last five on the trot uh, as well. So um, they are in the worst form of the league. But and we said they're playing Denizli and they've also not won. Any of their last six games as well. But they've they've got two draws in their last six, and Mladić have got one draw in their last six. So it's really the, the battle of the out of form teams this this Sunday. Um, I I think Kasim Pasha and Kai said it are, are goners personally. Both of the, them two. Um, and and also whilst whilst we're here and we we we're talking about. Custom Pasha, we have to say Boshnasalsam uh, to the, the okay. junior, um, I believe it was their, their ex-director of football who was at the, the game tonight who um, very sadly had a heart attack and, and passed away later in the the, the hospital um, the, the gentleman's name escapes me um, right now so we do apologise but we'll um, I'm sure we can you can put it's something in or
0: something. Yeah. exactly uh, yeah, and we did see that, of course, in, in the match as well. The, the ambulance even went on to the pitch. The match had to be stopped for a while there because he had a heart attack in the stands. Uh, yeah, his name escapes me as well. Yeah, as
2: well. It, so it was uh, Nurs- Nursal, Nursal-, Bil- Nursal- Bil-
4: Bilgin. Mm. Yeah, he was
2: the anyway. ex-sporting director yeah. of Kassan Pasha.
0: So, uh, very Very uh, unfortunate event there. And uh, all the best outs goes out to his, his his family and loved ones, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about Kasempesha for a second there. You know, you say they, they are probably gonna go down. I, I do agree with that. I think they're not going to face a lot of Denizli spores anymore, um, who are kind of in a very poor form right now. Uh, I don't do they still play Malatya spore? probably do, so that's potentially another three points there. But I don't know if there's any other team right now where I think I can see Kaiserika and Kasempacha get an easy win again well easy it's not never easy but get a win against right now and it's interesting to see Malatia Sport got rid of sergan yalcin of course now the sport got rid of Mehmet like um two teams that are getting rid of their coaches maybe a little bit prematurely uh the Nizispor like Black Bur- like pointed out rightfully so that they have been on a bad run but they had a good first half of the season maybe they should have given the coach a little bit more time I'm sure our uh, loyal uh, listener Ozan, uh, who is a Denizlispor Sport fan, will will chime in with his ideas on Twitter and uh, what he thinks about that. But, Umut, are you still on the line? Because I believe Baro actually terminated his contract last week. Am I mistaken in that? Does, did anyone pick that up? Because he was a very instrumental player for them in the first half of the season. And I found it curious. I, I didn't actually look into it further. But if they lost him, that's a curious... Uh, yeah, situation there. The
3: that... transfer mark is still on the uh, Denisov lineup, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like uh, terminated by Denisov. Or...
0: Was he in the Was he in the squad against uh, Kasim Pasha? Can you quickly check it please? All right. Uh, yeah, he... he was.
3: Okay. Yeah, on the left side.
0: Okay, then it was probably just. Uh... Faulty rumors, I'll cut that out. No, I won't. I'm too lazy. But okay, uh, Then the, <laughs> I think the only match we have left to talk about is uh, the Gustepe match um, against mm. Gaziantep, which uh, ended in a 1-1 draw, but it was another example of... Uzair, say
2: it. and Atarlar. Exactly, this was a great example of that. Oh, mm-hmm. man. 92nd minute equalizer for Antep. And uh Guler alone, I think, had yeah. two or three clear chances to score. Napoleone had two chances to score. Yeah. I mean, um yeah, Serdar Gulel and Onyukura had similar similarly like bad misses. It's just that Onyukura was able to make up for it in the end. Yeah,
0: you're gonna feel sorry for Al- Alpaslan Usturk. For uh, Umut highlighted this brilliantly in our in our group chat uh, while he was watching the match. I think he uh, screen captured some of those uh, long balls from Alpaslan. He had like two or three identical cross passes that ended up uh, setting up Serdar on a one-on-one mm. position. I think one of them might have been for Napoleone. Uh mm. But yeah, just putting with with one. 60-meter pass, putting a, a guy alone in front of goal, and then the guy ruins it. Um, and I, I, I honestly believe, though, if Gustepe were maybe a little bit more in a, a favorable position in the league right now, where there was a little bit more motivation, excitement around the team, and if they had started the season with Ilhan Palut, who's was a great coach, he showed that at Hatay too. Uh, very puzzling why he got sacked there. Uh, because they were at the top of the table and everything, and everything has gone downhill a little bit at Hatai in the second division since he left. Um, but ever since he took over, and of course Gustepa opened their new stadium, they have been in really good form. I also believe, with the way this season has gone, I think Gustepa could have been in the title mix. I'm not saying they would have won it, but I think they could have been up there with a, with a, with a Spore and an Alanya Spore. I don't see why not. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe.
1: Who, uh, scored the the goal for me, who,
0: who scored
1: the goal for... Outside Oh, yeah, sorry. We have to interrupt, but who scored the goal for Tepper?
0: Who else but Cameron oh, Jerome, us. yes because, and, this, and that's why they didn't win, probably.
1: The effect. <laughs> because of
0: the the effect King. is real. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I
2: agree with you, Khan, If you look at their form, they've won three of the last five, having drawn the other two. And um, alongside Antalya, who have the same form graphic... They're they're the best the most on form team outside the guys in the top three, mm-hmm. so yeah. Had had the season started in January, things would have been different. So if they <laughs> keep sure. this up, you know, who you knows what will happen next season? Maybe they yeah. can secure that European spot
0: for sure. Um, if if Wilchek starts scoring goals and if yeah. they maybe make a couple of improvements here and there, I could definitely see them uh, having a very nice 2020-2021. Anyway, they, I think we if covered. They,
2: uh, invite if they invite Umut back. Train yeah, the club, of course the they need their, their wonder season. kid back. The wonder kids.
0: Yeah, I think we covered all the matches, did we, guys? Um, am I mistaken? I don't think so, right?
2: I think I think we covered everything. But I'm happy to talk more about the derby if you want to start again.
0: <laughs> no, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> our one year anniversary, as we announced two weeks ago. We are going to raffle out one shirt uh, of a Turkish club of your choice. You can also choose the Turkish national team if you want to. Um, it's up to you for the winner. And Umut, uh, earlier he entered all of the names in a random generator and we will, and he, uh, screen captured that as well. Umut, can you announce please to the world who won the shirt?
3: Uh, it was a girl called Nuray uh, with the Twitter tag Nur X I, uh, won the shirt.
0: Okay, we will put that in. The sh- Actually, maybe we will not put that in the show notes, and you have to listen to the entire episode to find out. If you <laughs> won, <want. laughs> congratulations!
2: <laughs> Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah, congratulations, uh, Nihai, I think. Nurai, Nurai. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations to you. Um, Just slip into our DMs and we will sort you out with a shirt of your choice. Uh, The only thing we ask of you, of course, is for you to post a picture on Twitter with your new shirt once you do get it. And uh, share it with us so we can share it with the world. And, of course, we will do stuff like this more often. Uh, maybe next year for our second year anniversary, we'll give away two. We'll have to wait and see. Well, anyway. We're so, uh, we're so good to our listeners, aren't we? We're very, we're very generous. Oh, yes. Which well, other podcast
2: doing do this? Look after the listeners
0: so well. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> g- do, give us a favor and share uh, us with your friends and family. Give us uh, a review on iTunes if that's how you listen. Um, and, yeah, just keep spreading the good word of the Football Tracker podcast. Guys, thank you very much for joining uh, me again for this week. And uh, congratulations to uh, Umut and Uzer And uh, my condolences, Burak. But, you know, your time will come. Of course, Fenerbahce will rise again, like you said. He's 40 years old. Yeah. He, he saw too many galibiyet. He's not he's not forty years old, he's thirty nine, he's turning forty, and he, he is uh he's got a very cool Instagram account actually. Uh, are you still taking a daily picture like, or are you uh, slacking off on that?
1: A uh, day daily picture goes up on this day I actually posted the the twenty one and one from the WrestleMania that we talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's very with, fitting.
1: With a, with a capture saying it it, it actually happened, so I, I oh. can say I was alive to see both of them.
0: Well, that's that's great. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to this week's Football a La Turca. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Um, I hope not. Anyway, uh, guys, once again, I am rambling. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm tired because we're, we're, we're recording this late and I'm an old man. I'm used to going to sleep early ever since I had a kid. My uh, internal clock has been ruined. That's a joke, that's a joke. Kids are awesome, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway guys, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let Ezra go back to his work. I'm gonna let Umut go to sleep. I, I think he's definitely I'm not tired. sleepy, man. You're uh, not, let's... you had, just had 7 hours the last that, 24 that I hours. Can
3: say, I can say, please Bane Sports, please uh, forgive me for my... Uh, Transgressions. Thing, yeah, like upright infringement, please uh, give me back my Twitter account. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we are going to end this episode of football Ala la turca thank you all for listening and we'll see you again hopefully next week